Blog Talk Radio. Hello and welcome. We're so glad to have you with us here this evening on Ask Herbal Health Expert Susan Weed, a two-hour radio show each Tuesday night. Herbal medicine is people's medicine, simple, safe, effective. Please bring your curiosity and health questions. Susan will enlighten, surprise, and delight you. I know most of you know Susan Weed already. She's my mom, so I know her. But for those of you who have not yet met Susan, I'd like to share, she is the author of the Wise Woman Herbal Series, wonderful books on women's health and herbal medicine, including Wise Woman Herbal for the Childbearing Year, Breast Cancer Breast Health! Exclamation point, The Wise Woman Way, Healing Wise, The Wise Woman Herbal, New Menopausal Years, The Wise Woman Way, down there, sexual and reproductive health, the wise woman way. And abundantly well, seven medicines, the wise woman way. The newest book in the wise woman herbal series. So exciting. In addition to being the editor at Ashtree Publishing and writing her books, Susan is the director of the Wise Woman Center in Woodstock, New York. The Wise Woman Center is open to the public on appointment-only basis. She offers weekend workshops, intensives, and apprenticeships throughout the season. Susan is also available to you online via wisewomanmentor.com. There you can go and view her weekly e-zine. You can subscribe to receive a notification via email each week, or you could join her mentorship program. Susan also offers distance learning correspondence courses and online courses at thewisewomanschool.com. Join us there for colorful, instructive, easy video courses, including Easy Herbal Medicine with Susan Weed, Happy Needs, a cancer diagnosis, adaptogens for long life, and abundantly well companion course, wisewomanschool.com. You can also just go to her website, susanweed.com, where you will find thousands of pages online with recipes, articles, art features, and so much more. Well, for now, let's see what Susan has to share with us this evening. Thank you, and welcome, Susan. Thank you, Justine, and welcome, Sarah Ellen. Hi, Susan. How are you this evening? Oh, I am just so enjoying the trees blooming, the pussy willows blooming, the 
daffodils, the stars of Holland, the dandelions. Everything is going zing, zing, zing. Mm. How is it down by you? It is zinging here as well. I saw the first dandelions that I noticed today, just so vibrant with their yellow glory. And uh, I'm finding more and more nettles. Seems that I live in the midst of a nettle patch, which is just so lovely. And yes, the trees are blooming and everything is so vibrant and alive. Yes, and uh, you also, like I, because we live in the mountains, get to like look at it as a, you know, the way it blankets the mountains. There's the beauty of the individual trees that I can see, but then I can also get like this long view where I can see the waves of color as the different trees are intermingling and blooming. And especially yes. here we have a lot of red maple and really red when it blooms. Mm. The maples are so lovely. We have quite a few. And we have some amazing white pine and then not sure what is making up the tree line to the east, but as the sun sets, the colors that come into those trees are oh. amazing. Mm. <clears throat> I've been asking to let thoughts and sensations and emotions come to me about trees blooming. Mm. And it's a, you know, it's a very interesting thing when I teach botany. I talk about how um, when I went to college, there were co-ed colleges. The colleges weren't separate, uh, which they had been for hundreds and hundreds of years, colleges for women, colleges for men, and there still are colleges for women and men. But I went to a co-ed college, which meant that men and women matriculated together, but we had to live on opposite sides of the campus. Hmm. The dorms were on opposite sides of the campus. The fraternities were on the boys' dorm side, and the sororities were on the girls' dorm side. And it was a big, it was UCLA, it was a very big campus, it was five miles across. Wow. So, so that, you know, it was a yeah. substantial separation there. <clears throat> and within, what, you know, 20 years, um, the girls' dorms and the boys' dorms were together, and within another 10 years, the girls and the boys were in the same dorm, and nowadays, you would get in big trouble for even saying girls or boys. Right, right. Uh-huh. <laughs> and it's really quite similar with the plants. The plants, the oldest plants, and the trees are the ancient ones, are separate sex. There are male pine trees and female pine trees. There are male maple trees and female maple trees. Mm. And so the reason that people have pollen allergies here in the spring is because there aren't pollinators flying around to pollinate the trees. They're wind pollinated. And that means, like many kinds of fish, that the male just has to, like, fling his stuff as far and wide as he possibly can. And that stuff is called pollen. So in order order for the trees to, the word of the night, zing, the 
<clears throat> pollen has got to be in the air everywhere. And I was watching a film by the ecosexualist Annie Sprinkle and Beth. And thinking maybe that's part of the answer. Maybe we have to follow their advice. And they say, yes, you know, you can envision the earth as the mother, but what happens when you envision the earth as a lover? Mm. And I've thought about how that is to, like, breathe in all that sexual energy from the trees. And it's filling the air right now. Wow. 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 It's potent. I can say that. I've heard you speak about some of your apprentices in the past to, um, you know, experience body orgasmic sensations from being with a plant and um, being here in our new place. I don't know if it's just the vibrancy of the spring or our new place or all the above, but yeah, I can just be standing and looking out the window or with my feet in the ground and I can feel the life moving through me in a way that, yeah, the earth, I, I can know the earth as my lover. Absolutely. 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 Our guest tonight is Pam Cray. <clears throat> and Pam Cray says she's not always easily categorized. And I thought, I like women who aren't easily categorized. She's mm. a film, video, multimedia artist, writer, editor, videotech, projectionist. And <clears throat> she has worked in themes as diverse as gambling and wild mushroom picking, and I'm part of a video she made about wild mushroom picking, which is where I know Pam from. And I'm very excited to find out what she's working on. Now that will be at 9 o'clock, so stay with us or come back. Then we're out on the east coast. I'm really looking forward to the first workshops here at the Wise Woman Center. And um happy to have a place where we can be outside, where we can have mm. classes outside, where we can stay far enough apart that we don't need to wear masks. Not that you're forbidden from, but you don't need to if you don't want to. Um, we, we eat outside. I was thinking, you know, the only place that you go in that's enclosed at all is the porta potty. Mm. And I figure it smells so bad in there, people hold their breath. <laughs> so nobody no, right, nobody is breathing in, in there <laughs> uh, and because I'm not traveling this year I'm doing a lot more one day workshops and um, so reinstated a special that we had I think it was last year or the year before which is that you um, pay for 10 workshops and you get 13. Oh, wow. Wow. So that's an offer that I think is at the Wise Woman Bookshop right now. And there's no expiration date on them. 
<clears throat> I was just um, communicating with somebody who actually I created that special for, which was a, um, a wonderful uh, permaculture friend of mine, Delvin. And uh, he was saying, oh, you know, I'm saying I hope, you know, you use it now because, he, of course, he couldn't last year. And I said, well, yeah, yeah, I hope you can use it this year. And he said, oh, it's so old, surely it's not good anymore. I said, no expiration date ever. Mm. So generous, Susan, so generous. Why should there be an expiration date? There's no reason for there to be an expiration date. The, the plants don't change their minds. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, in addition, several people have gotten in touch with me wanting to know if the Live Out apprenticeship is still open, and it is, and there should be new information about that. I'll be checking with the, the Wise Woman Web to make sure that my transfer of that went well and that it's up and that everybody can find that information because, wow. Here it is, as we started off by saying things are zinging, time for us to talk about spring tonics and to go out into the woods for the spring ephemerals. In the Mm. woods of the northeast, there are special plants like dwarf ginseng and hepatica and um, other plants that you won't see at any other time of the year, bloodroot. And often they only bloom for a day or two. Hmm. So we're going to hope that my timing is blessed and that we uh, get to see them. The dwarf ginseng blooms for a while, so we will definitely see that. And the coptis usually blooms for a while too, so we'll certainly see that. There's just so much to see in the early spring um, in the forest while the trees are still blooming and before their leaves are out. A very special time. So excited to share it with people soon. Mm-hmm. Wow, I hope so many people can take advantage of that. It's a magical place where you are. And, and the spring, I can only imagine. I've been a little bit later in the spring, but never for your spring tonics workshop. And wow, the forest must just be... Oh, a special, a special, like you said, because the leaves yeah. aren't hiding so much of what's coming through, and it's a special view of, of the right. forest. So that's going to be on April 24th and 25th this year, Spring Tonics on the 24th and Woodland Wonders on the 25th. And this mm-hmm. coming weekend, um, we're going to be doing a work exchange weekend, and we'll certainly have time to go out for a bit into the woods and see if there's anything that's uh, raising its head yet. The bloodroot, which grows by the house, hasn't, so that's usually my signal of what's going on out in the woods. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. Is there a question tonight? We do have two callers that have raised their hand by pressing one to let us know they have a question for you. I'd like to remind everyone else listening, if you have a question for Susan this evening, please press 1 to let us know. Our first caller is calling from the 208 area code. You are live on the air from the 208. Hi, can you hear me? I can. Hi. Hi. My name is Tabitha. I follow you and Justine pretty close on Facebook. 
And I Thank you. have called in. Yeah, I'm real happy to have you both and my life even through the interweb. So thank you for everything. And I've called in a couple times about my son. I called in a few years ago about him being homeschooled. And then I called in last year about him having a rash on his hand. And we tried to figure out if it was viral or bacterial. And everything worked out with that. And it came back as non-viral or bacterial. So I think it was that was um I had gave him the ivermectin thinking it was scabies. I don't know if you remember that call, but so that was yes, me. I do. I kind of, yeah, so I did end up just letting him work it out, and it all got better. And now I do kind of notice if he gets stressed or eats some type of junk, he'll kind of have a little bit of the same rash there. So I'm thinking it was just his body showing us something going on. So thank wow. you for your advice back then. Yeah. Yeah. So it's different. It was a different thing to go through for sure. But so I think we learned from it though. So there's that. But so today I'm for calling. You. Yeah. Today I'm calling just for some advice mainly about myself and my relationship that I've been in with my son's dad for the past 10 years. I got with him when I was 17. And we've had a pretty rough time and a good time the past 10 years. He has had some drinking problems, and we've kind of split off and on. But now I'm just wondering the right steps to take because we had an episode the last week of the drinking, and things got pretty crazy while I was at – I'm working today at um, my waitress job, so I'm in between the phones. So if I have to jump out, then that's why, but – so I was working last night waitressing, so I work pretty late at the um, a Mexican restaurant. So I was out working, and he just kind of doesn't take his responsibility with parenting always as much as I think he should. So, And I say things all the time. It's always same thing, same thing. But So last week we had a big episode with some of my sisters and him drinking and driving and, and drinking with my son and maybe some firearms being fired involved. So it was a pretty ugly situation when I got home and I didn't have much to say to him and haven't talked to him much just because I've already said how I feel about the alcohol and all that and our relationship and and so now I talk to his parents that kind of there for him if I was going to try to have us take a break but he of course wants to be a real good guy now and says he won't drink and all this and so I'm just torn in my heart of what to do and at the same time I just I am so glad he's saying that. And while you're yeah. living a while you're living apart, he can show you. Yeah, that's what I kind of think because it's just at the same time I have been maybe thinking about other partners a little bit and don't want to feel like I'm going to cause so much drama in my son's life and with him and so of course his grandma life is just is giving me a hard time. But, life is a yeah. drama. Life For is sure. a drama. Yes. It's okay yeah. for it to be a drama. That's what it is. Yeah. So that's why I just thought you'd have some good things to tell me of how to go about the right choice and feel strong in what I'm going to do. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's very clear to most women after they have a child what is tolerable and what is not tolerable in their mate. Right. And (laughs) once you have articulated what is not tolerable to you, whether you do it well or not, 
Mm-hmm. And a response that pleases you has not occurred, then it is time for you to stop investing there. Right. That right. doesn't mean you have to cut all ties. That doesn't mean you have to demonize. But it means that you take the next step. Yes. Whatever that next step yeah. is for you, whatever life shows you. Mhm. Yeah, so that's what I was just trying to get to go by it day by day and just feel what I really felt like I need to do and try not exactly. to let the fear scare me too much as I have been with them since I was 16. So it's just never even hardly been alone. And, and, yep, and you know, it, is, it is frightening. Yeah. yeah. And he, he's not going to be happy. No, that's what's just so hard for me to And he's going to try to manipulate you emotionally. Yeah, yeah, I'm trying to be strong. (laughs) Well, it's not a matter of being strong. In fact, it's a matter of being compassionate. Right. And letting him know Mm -hmm. that you understand how important you and his child are to him and that that he and your child are that important to you, and that's why you're living alone to give him a chance to get it together. Mm-hmm. That's what it just doesn't seem like. It has to be that big of a deal if we're both going to just better ourselves and can come back in union later on, maybe. <laughs> so. That's quite possible. Yeah. It's well, it's, thank you very much. Yes, it, it's best, if you can, or if he's open to it, to agree to a certain time mm-hmm. by right. Christmas, by the 4th of July, by whatever time you two agree on, he will have mm-hmm. not had a drink. He will have whatever you deem necessary to show you that he's made the effort that is appropriate. Right. Well, I have to bring out my plates right now of my work, so I thank you so Goodbye. much. And Bye-bye. Thank you. Sorry. Thank you. Bye. Bye-bye. Good blessings. All right. Our next caller is calling from the 845 area code. In the 845, you're live on the air with Susan. Thank you, Susan. Thank you, thank you. I am online. You are right here with me. Hi, how are you? Uh, I could be better. Uh, I did get the Osha root, and apparently doesn't have any effect on me. Oh, too bad. I'm so yeah. sorry. Goodness uh, gracious. Yeah. yeah. I uh, anyway. Um, as as the season progresses, uh, the, the, there are going to be more flowers. So I am in the house with the air conditioning. And um, really sore as hell. And uh, because I am in the house, uh, my only consolation is the refrigerator, and I am very uh, uncomfortable about it. And uh, um, somebody was... Refrigerator as in eating? Yeah. Okay. 
I don't do anything else with it. <laughs> I eat it. Um, I uh, on on YouTube, a doctor. Well, was, you know, refrigerators have a very nice hum. Kate Gardner said that they often have a hum that's F sharp, which is a particularly healing frequency, mm-hmm. and they're often warm. Um, so, you know, you can do a little therapy by the refrigerator. I do, it, have... I, I do it better with an octurne played by Arthur Rubinstein. Okay. Uh, Chopin. <laughs> Chopin, yeah, that that really does it. That does it. Yeah, that really does it for me. And, and music, yeah, in general, classical music and Bach are great, great pacifiers. But... Um, to get back to my problem is uh, I lost all interest in losing weight. So I heard somebody talk, a doctor, about something called uh, uh, PK, which is a combination of four herbs, absolutely natural. He said that he helped a lot of people lose weight without it being uh the major goal. The goal was healing, and they healed from heart and this and that and the other, as many other people say. So these three herbs are something. One is called berberine, and the other gynostema, and the other quercetin. And, of course, I want to ask you, because you are the doctor of expertise in this field, if I can trust to get something from it. Berberine is an alkaloid. It is found in a fair number of plants. It was first found in berberus, thus its name, berberine. But it's also found in um, coptis, um, gold thread, yellow dock root, golden seal, um, organ grapefruit, so it's fairly, you know, there's a big handful of plants mm-hmm. that contain it. Um, but if they're saying that the pill contains berberine, then it's not a plant at all. It's just that one compound. I see. I see. And yeah. once we take just one compound from a plant, we have a drug. It's a crude drug. Uh, and nonetheless, it's a drug because it's one isolated thing. Of course. Quercetin, likewise, is a compound. Oh. It was first found in oak, quercus, thus quercetin. Alkaloids have names that end with I-N or I-N-E, like caffeine, the alkaloid in coffee, Nicotine, the alkaloid in Nicotiana, which is, of course, tobacco. Mm. Right? So, golden seal, hydrastis, contains hydrastine as well as berberine. The hydrastine was first seen in hydrastis, so we got that name. But the berberine was first seen in berberus, so that's, that's its name. Um, so, there's two different compounds there. <clears throat> berberine and quercetin. Quercetin, in addition to oak bark, is found in onion peels. Yeah, I love onion. Yeah. So, so I think it's 
not a lie to say that it's all natural. Mm-hmm. But the fact of the matter is that natural has no functional meaning. Yes. Yeah. Right? To say it's natural simply means that it, well, I guess, you know, radioactivity is natural. <laughs> oh, please, please don't tell me that. Basically, if I take it, it's like I think it's right. What I'm saying is that for something to be promoted as all natural is flapping of the lips without meaning. That's right, yeah. Okay, now there was one herb, and that was the one in between berberine and quercetin. Gynostema. All right, did you look up gynostema? He said it's a, an herb. I didn't look for it. I, my internet is not working. <laughs> okay. Gynostema jogulon, a climbing vine of the family percubitaceae, the cucumber, widely distributed in, in South and East Asia. And uh, what is is it a stimulant? Yes, it is a stimulant. And what foods it is? Gynostema pentaphylla, miracle grass, the only green tea without caffeine. So I don't think that it would be any more effective at helping you lose weight than green tea. Oh, I see. But I I like my... It's interesting. I love very much the infusions and the teas that you suggested for me. I like them, and as I said, I mix them with other soups and teas and this, and I, I drink them. I don't like the green tea. Understood. I got some green tea from somebody that looked kind of strong to me. So I put some of it into the water that I was cooking whole wheat pasta in. Uh-huh. And let the whole wheat pasta cook in it. And then, and I don't use a huge amount of water to cook pasta, so because I usually use the pasta water afterwards. Then I scoop the green tea out and discarded that, and then I used that water after it cooled um, to make sourdough bread mm-hmm. with green tea. Mm. I like green tea ice cream. That's yeah. the only green tea that I like. And, and it, <laughs> only green tea it doesn't have a lot of sugar, and it's not fancy. It's more like a sorbetto. Yes. Mm. Have you tried matcha? No, I don't like that one. It's too fat for me. Matcha is too fat? I don't know. It doesn't feel right. It's too sweet or something. I don't Matcha doesn't have fat or sweet in it. Oh. Matcha is just it's the powdered green tea. And it tastes oh, different oh, than they make an it's ice very cream different. It. It R- make, I thought you were talking about the ice cream. No. Uh, I tried I tried the green tea. I don't know. I'm asking you when you tried green tea if you tried matcha. Yeah, I did. 
I, okay. I, yeah, my daughter. Now, I did not, I don't have it with me, uh-huh. but <clears throat> I will endeavor to bring it next week. But I saw in my files um, as I was going through a really interesting article that said that common foods can increase your sensitivity to tree pollen. Oh, tell me more. Well, that's what I'm saying. I said uh, that I had a a pretty long day today, and so I'm here doing the show without that particular piece of paper in hand. I had my second hyperbaric treatment today, and it's a a bit time-consuming to drive across the river to Northern Duchess Hospital. And then the treatment itself is a little over two hours. And then drive home. It's a big hunk out of my day. In addition, we're milking three goats now. So uh, we're, we spent some extra time at the barn this morning. I did go for a talk, for a walk with White Feather, though. We talked about the Rinpoche who just passed and that um, White Feather was uh, asked to help sew bags of salt to pack around his body because they were sitting him in state for 49 days. Mm-hmm. And I must admit that with those little bags of salt, I thought of you and I thought, maybe little bags of salt here and there would be somehow of some use to you to hold up against your nose or your face. And, you know, what I'd like to see you do is rub a little of that osher root tincture on your wrists. Oh, okay. It's very, it belongs to a family that is very active on the skin. All right. Right? So let's see if if it can uh, be an ally in that way. I will try that. Thank you. Thank you, Susan. Yeah. So save your money. Don't buy the supplement. Yes, thank you. Is what I is what I would say. I totally trust your judgment. Yeah, and keep doing what you're doing. You know, drinking infusions and making bone broth, and you know. Focus on losing weight can work, but it can also backfire in a way. It does. It does. I think, I think I the better focus is yeah. to eat healthy food. Yeah. And it's it can it's possible to gain weight on healthy food, but it's harder. Yeah, I, 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 especially, especially if you break things down into little bits. If you say, "Oh, I'm hungry," I'll have half a glass of infusion. Uh Oh, only it doesn't register in my brain as food, even though I know it is, and that's why I'm drinking it. 
Well, I'll tell you what I sometimes do when I'm when I'm feeling kind of oh, you know, who really cares about like moving is I'll have a, a small amount of infusion, like half a glass of infusion, and then something that I would consider a treat that's in small pieces, and that every time I make a circuit of the house, I get one of those pieces. Like a piece of what? Piece of cheese, piece of uh, roast beef, piece of fish, piece of asparagus. No, that turns me on. I'm sorry. The moment I taste something good, I want more. (laughs) That's what I'm saying. And you can have more, but you have to do that, your circuit, to get more. Whatever your circuit is. Mm. So, yes, you can put out ten pieces there, but you have to walk around the hall ten times to get those ten pieces. Oh, listen, I walk, I mean, I walk very slowly on, on that damn treadmill. Yeah. Half an yeah. hour uh, is uh, barely 90 calories. I mean... So that. So what yeah. I'm saying is that rather than doing it on the treadmill, or in addition to doing it on the treadmill, at yeah. home you put out the 10 bits of the food you like, uh-huh. and you have a little circuit. Is your circuit 10 steps? Is your circuit 50 steps? Is your circuit 150 steps? Whatever it is, mm-hmm. you get that food after you've done your circuit. Yeah, I need, I need 150 steps. for every piece. <laughs> no, I'm saying it could be 10. I know. That will not do anything for me. <laughs> yes, it will. Yes, it will. Yes, it will. Because it will reward you for making effort. In a very different way. Give it you a try. What? I will try and and see and. Um, right. Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. <laughs> All right. Thank you for calling. I'm so glad we have a relationship. Green Thank blessings. Good night. Thank you, Green Goddess. Have a good week. Okay, we have three callers that have pressed one to let us know that they have a question and would like to speak with you. If anyone listening would like to speak with Susan, please press one to let us know. Our next caller is coming from the 385 area code. From the 385, you are live, Susan. How do I unmute? <clears throat> oh, you are unmuted. We unmute you. Hi. <laughs> Oh, good. It's been a while. Um, thank you for all you do, um, Susan and and your daughter and anyway and your granddaughter. Um, I have a question, and I don't know if I should just give you a little bit of background about my health and the most recent issues. Um, that would be wonderful. Know, yes, do that. Okay, please. I don't know if you want diagnoses or just the systems or. You know, tell me, tell me your experience. Tell me from your viewpoint what's happening. Um, uh, and especially, I, especially, tell me about things that that other people poo-poo or won't listen to. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, um, I have doctors and other healers, you know, natural healers that believe that because I've been on prednisone for so long, my thyroid and my 
um, adrenals won't come back on board. And then also um, I have a new symptom from uh, the prednisone, and I'm on a whole bunch of different meds for my lungs, but um, the bones, muscles, and joints are now really struggling. I've had the... um, yeah, the severe osteoporosis, all the little diagnoses and all, but I believe I can be healed. Um, I just think that my body needs to be nourished, and I love the nourishing herbal infusions, and I'm just starting back with them again. Um, and I do have questions about them. And Oh, I don't have a gallbladder, so I don't know how that impacts, you know, like fat and things like that. Um, and digestion, and also I I had a surgery, gut uh, with Nissen, fundus, and wrap, where it just kind of, I can pretty much just have liquids. If I do food, I get really um, stuffed up, so it's it's not been fun, and I love liquids, so, and one of my questions is, um, can I do metal infusion daily? And does it need to be limited to one quart max? And can I rotate the other herbal infusions each day in addition to nettle? Or do they have to be all rotated? That makes sense. <laughs> what does make sense and what you're proposing, it, you can definitely do. Okay. And can you do more than and one? I, and of I, one of my okay. students was a woman whose gut was so compromised that she elected to have it surgically removed. So she had an ileostomy. She had a couple of inches of small intestine. That was all. Oh, my goodness. Wow. And she was extremely limited in the kinds of things that she could eat because she had so little, you know, capacity actually digestive capacity. Um, But she found that by working with the nourishing herbal infusions and at first stinging nettle was was like, she felt like it was like totally over the top. But but I encouraged her to use tiny amounts of it and as she acclimated to it, she was able to tolerate more and more of it until she could actually drink it. And then as she started to do that, she said she saw that her body um, registered it as food, as solid food, even though it wasn't, and started to change how it related to other things. That's awesome. So um, if, if you need to, go slowly. Right. If you try, you know, drinking a lot of nettle and your body says, whoa, Nelly, then I know you'll pay attention to that. Yes. yes. So if I want more than a quart a day of nettle and then another infusion, that's okay? That's absolutely fine. Wonderful, wonderful. And what you're, are you you're going to be using it really as a primary nourishment in this situation. Okay. Awesome. And, you know, you asked what my experience was, and I went, my brain is so used to the diagnoses that I just, my energy is really severely low, and I can hardly walk, a lot of pain in the muscles and joints. And um, But I, I wonder what's the best thing for building bones and thyroid and adrenals, kind of getting them back on board. And 
and well, also nettles from cancer. N- nettles, okay. nettles help to rebuild the adrenals. So you're on the right track by using a nettle on a frequent basis. And comfrey is superb for restoring both strength and flexibility to connective tissues. Wow, okay. Which means joints skin and everything that connects. Awesome. Yes. While linden, to my mind, is a superb anti-inflammatory, far better than turmeric. Awesome. So I can have, okay. You can have, yes, you can have. I can have more than one of those a day, too. Absolutely. Oh, good. That's so exciting. Because I like to drink. I love liquids, so... Right? And, again, for me, you are a very unique, very special case, and what a delight that you are listening to your body, and that makes it easier for both of us. Thank you. That you can say, this is what my body wants. Yes, and it wants nettle. It wants nettle. Yes, and, and I'm like, oh, it's one of the do it things, every day? One of the things that I yeah. love is that our bodies are predisposed to the best quality nourishment that we can get them. And so what, once they have something like stinging nettle infusion, they kind of, you know, get like a two-year-old and have a little tantrum if you don't give them more. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> It gets distracted with the other ones. When can I have the metal? When can I have the metal? I want this. Well, I'll yeah. ask Susan tonight. <laughs> um, and thyroid. Uh, Anything for thyroid that you can suggest? or Ryan Drum, and um, he talks about using fucus, which is a certain kind of kelp seaweed, F-U-C-U-S, and... I did a show on Fucus for HealthyLife.net within the past six months. It might still be up there. And Ryan Drum and I did a um, teleseminar on using Fucus for thyroid health. And I think that's available at the Wise Woman Bookshop. Oh, good. Okay. And any suggestions for your um, online courses? What would be best to look at first? Because there's a, quite a few that look really good. And I have, you know, some of your videos and, and one of your books, but the workshops look pretty good. <laughs> your courses, I guess, online courses. The online courses at the Wise Woman School. Um, oh, I ha- I'm in Wise Woman Bookshop. Wise Woman Bookshop. So are those correspondence courses? Um, these are the ones that online courses, they have um, Healthy Immune System, Coronavirus Help, Healthy Skin and Natural Beauty, The Wise Woman Way. Okay, so those are, video cor- those are video courses, and those links take you to the Wise Woman School. 
Oh, okay. And uh, one of my favorite of them is the Adaptogens course. And that would help with, I do have concerns or we have concerns about cancer for me, and that would be a good one to take then. Adaptogens, absolutely, yes. There's also a course called A Cancer Diagnosis, Help Yourself the Wise Woman Way. Nice. Well, I have have some things to look forward to um, reading and watching. So thank you so much. Thank um, you. Green blessings. Take care. You too. Bye. All right. All right. We have two callers that have pressed one to let us know that they have a question. Our next caller is calling from the 530 area code. You are live in the 530, excuse me, 530. Hello. Good evening, Susan. Hi. Hi. Um, Susan, once again, thank you so much for doing what you do. Um, You've been educating me for years now via the podcast, et cetera, and books. Susan, I'm calling this evening. I've had a goiter um, that's been developing. Um, I first recognized it in uh, 2018, and it's uh, it's getting quite large. And I'm concerned because it's starting, it's beginning to interrupt my swallowing, and it's uncomfortable when I'm laying on my back. Um, and I did just hear your previous caller and thank you for the reminder on Ryan Drum, because yes. I did look him up, um, but I have not followed through and ordered, um, I believe it's the Sucus. So I need to dive into well, that. But I'm calling. I, I'm I, think, I think the Sucus would be something that you shouldn't use oh, if you have oh, oh, okay. goiter, but I'm not sure. So okay. do, do check with Ryan. But I do know that it is lack of iodine, right? Right, yeah. So I'm wondering if you switch to iodized salt. You see, very, very many people somehow think that sea salt is superior to iodized salt. Right. I understand. And I've heard the difference, and I've just been increasing that in the last couple of years, getting you have, actual iodine. have in the past couple of years, and yet this has gotten worse. Yeah. Yeah, so it, it's, uh, so it's 5.5. So we would say it's been resistant to simple treatment. Yes, that's. I was calling to see if I'm missing the boat on anything else that you could recommend at this point. Um, iodine, thank you. Um, I do take different aspects of some sea kelp, um, and I love eating it fresh when I can. Uh-huh. Uh, um, but yeah, it is getting quite large and uncomfortable. So I was curious if you had any other insights. And I do herbal infusions, mm-hmm. which I so, love. So the medical remedy would be surgical removal, yes. That's what I've gotten to the point of, and um, I'm just trying to reach out for any possible other options. Um, that's what I'm feeling, and uh, I'm feeling okay about having it surgically removed. I just live in a fairly rural area, mm-hmm. so I'm trying to find a, a, a 
uh, endocrinologist or somebody that will actually uh, be able to remove it that actually does it frequently. I live in an area where it's not the procedure is not done very often. So you'll need to so. travel. So I'll need to travel, yeah, which shouldn't be a problem. I'm just trying to get the right doc at this Good point, I think. Good okay, for you. Thank you. It's very important, yes. Yes, Thank absolutely. you. It just means a lot hearing you sound very, on it. You sound very calm and very clear when you talk about surgery for this. Well, I've been in the uh, same way. At it for same about way that years. my friend Patch Adams said to me, "I've decided to give up my left foot. <laughs> it's had a bursa <laughs> infection for two years. I want to dance uh, again. I'm cutting my foot oh off." My God. Oh, my gosh. Wow. And then he mm. sent me a picture of himself, and he's having puppets made for his stump. He's having what? I'm sorry. Puppets. He's a clown, <laughs> so he's having puppets made for his stump. Oh, right, right. Right? <laughs> because oh there is goodness. a time when you say the white-coated shamans are do their magic now. Mm-hmm. Thank you. And I am glad that you are seeking out the most skilled of the white you coach. You get me. Thank you. Okay. Yes. I know I, I've been trying to, um, uh, you know, hope and pray that it would shrink and <laughs> disappear, but it's not. Wouldn't that be wonderful? So, I, know. Okay. I, will hope, I know. I will hope and pray with you, but what do they say? Hope and pray, but man the boats or something like Silly like that, you know. Like, right. don't let that be the only thing you do. It's really yeah, and I, I do no. appreciate that. Sure, hope the and skill, pray. No problem, hope doc. and pray. But, but, but don't stop there. Yeah. 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 Thank you. Okay. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Susan, for your time and uh, and just being so available to everybody. Really, I dearly appreciate it. You are welcome. I your praise into my heart. Right. Thank you. Uh, thank you, Susan. Enjoy the goats. And uh, <laughs> in, in the meantime, gr- green blessings to you and uh, everyone that helps you. Thank you. Green blessings. All right. Okay, everybody. I hope you heard that. Sarah yeah. Ellen and Justine and Allie and everybody, every thank you, thank you, thank you. Yeah, thank you. Thank you very much. Yeah. All right. And so I'd like to remind everyone listening, if you have a question, please press 1 to let us know, and you will come on the line live with Susan. Our next caller is calling from the 208 area code. You are live from the 208. Hi, Susan. I just Hi. Thank you, of course, right away, too, for all your wise woman knowledge. It seems like I owe my health to you in so many ways. I um, have a couple questions on um, completing a miscarriage. Um, I'm going on two weeks now of... Um, what I would say was completing it, but I have dealt with the doctors and ultrasounds and 
I'm not wanting the last ultrasound. I'm wanting to give me tomorrow, and I thought it would be a good time to call in and see if you have anything to say on that. What did the last ultrasound show? Well, she had described it as about a centimeter and a half of um, tissue or debris or how. And, and what have I, you done to encourage this to to leave your body? Well, first off, I had did the black cohosh. And that was black, black cohosh is an antispasmodic that prevents menstrual cramps. Mm-hmm. And some labilia. I don't see how that would be helpful at all. Yeah, it didn't seem like it. So then when I went into the um Doctor, it's often paired with blue cohosh, which is a uterine contractor, and it's paired with blue cohosh because blue cohosh can contract the uterus so strongly that it's painful, so it's good to have something that calms down the uterus and prevents contraction. But the black cohosh is, is, again, is working counter to what you want, which is for your Mm -hmm. uterus to contract, Yes. Mm-hmm. And I was doing some shepherd's purse tincture at that time, too, because I was... Shepherd's purse tincture also, I would say, is contraindicated at this situation. Shepherd's purse mm-hmm. tincture stops bleeding. And so that kind of just felt like I just needed to back off on all of that that was not... Yeah, so I much, can't so. see that those things would be allies for you at this particular point. Things that would no. bring on labor, things and like so castor oil, things like you want your uterus to work actively to contract and to expel fetal material. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. And so that's why the doctor. So you need to treat it like. So you need to treat it like a birth. Mm-hmm. And I felt like I kind of did have that experience um, with the, after the few days of doing the black wash and the labilia tincture. With, and so the bleeding had um, backed off. So, so you t- I'm sorry, so you took lobelia tincture? Mm-hmm. Which makes people throw up? Yeah, and so I just... Is it primary like use? Okay, it's not used you know, uh, to help labor, and what else? Mm-hmm. And so then when I went back into the doctor's, that's when they wanted me to do the cytotech. And so I don't know, I, what, a, I don't know what a cytotech it's, is. It's like a um, contracting drug, I guess. It puts you, it basically just made me sick and contract. It was a drug. Mm-hmm. Is cytotech a drug? So you can insert it vaginally or take it. Is it a drug? Yes. Hi. Is it a drug? Yes. Okay. A pill. And so that really feel like it is being the harmful route, and so I didn't want to do another dose of it, but they were wanting me to do, and so I 
had decided I don't want to do that other dose of that either. And I still feel like I'm not bleeding now, and so she kind of seems to think that I will just have to do this other ultrasound to make sure it's all expelled, even though this last one was um, five days ago now. Have you been pregnant before this? Yeah, so I've had three both, and um, all of them healthy and strong babies. And so this is my first miscarriage I've experienced. And how far and along I'm, were you this time? Um, ten weeks. How old are your other children? The youngest has just turned five, and the others are seven and nine. What's the possibility that you can spend a week alone? It's been really hard because I've been trying to leave my children's father, too. So I've had a lot of sister help and motherly help because I'm staying with them, but... <clears throat> It's still hard to leave my five-year-old, and I haven't had really the chances that I've been telling everybody I just wanted to be alone, but they didn't seem to think that I should when I was bleeding really heavy. And now I just still am wanting that. You need that. I do. My sister and I wanted to. So blame it on me. Tell them I demand it. Yes. If they need someone to be upset with, they can be upset with me. It's okay. I don't mind when people are upset with me. I like that. Life is short. I know. And it's not going to go away your need to be alone. No. So let's listen to it and see how we can answer that call. I really feel like that's what I've been crying out for and maybe the most difficult decision at this point, but I think it feels the most empowering deep down. I think even with back to one of my first births and my second child has came a lot easier because I was alone and delivered her by myself before the midwife showed up even. And I feel like I needed that point to my first one seemed like everybody was waiting and around and I did it easier when I was alone. And then Exactly what I was feeling too is that for you to complete this work, it's not up to anybody else, it's up to you and you need to just tell everybody else to get lost. Yes. 
in whatever polite, nice way you can find. Yes, I think the stick with being polite at this point, but firm. Your children won't be happy to be without you for a week, but they would be very unhappy to be without you forever. So I think it's a better choice. Yes, thank you for that. Because it means a lot in a lot of different ways to hear it out of your voice because I've been not really listening to my body. And I know it's been saying that in a lot of ways. Well, you've been listening, but you've been listening the way we listen to a two-year-old. Right? Yes, like the, acting like a two-year-old pants or more. <laughs> right, right, acting like your body is a two-year-old and just making trouble. So. But I think not. I think you are getting very clear indications of this, of what's going on here, which is um, your shamanic journey here. Yeah. And we just need to clear everybody else out of the way. Mm-hmm. And so if they say, what if you die, you'll just have to say, guess I'll die. <laughs> I've said that too many times over the last few days. Right, like, you know, it can't be your concern. It's not your concern right now. And what I'd like to ask you is if you would give us a call back in a month. Yes, I really would like to do that. It would please me a lot if you would. Okay. Thank you so much. That resonated on all levels of what I needed to hear and listen, listen, and breathe. And And look at that. You know all the very best things to do. Good you. Brilliant you. Green blessing. Yes. Thank you. You too. Good night. Bye. Okay. All right, and uh, we have one caller at this time who has pressed one to let us know that they have a question, and that call is coming from the 847 area code from the 847. You are live on the air with Susan. Hi, Susan. Hello. (laughs) Uh, I've got a different type of question. Okay. Uh, Last week, week I uh, got my lips pretty severely sunburned, I think. Um, and they've just been incredibly that can painful. Like so easily early in the spring. Yeah, like I've never had such painful lips, and they're they've blistered and they're like cracking, and you know I've just been slapping salve on there, and like yesterday we had some comfrey infusion, and I was just dipping my lips into the comfrey infusion, and it was so what a soothing. Good idea. Have you put hypericum oil on them? Yeah. So today I started doing that. Um, 
and is add a little. Some, is it giving you some relief? It is, but very briefly. Like it's in olive oil. Right. And I'm yes. not sure. Do it every four minutes if you have to. Yeah, just keep putting it on constantly. Keep putting it on. Keep putting it on. I say to people, especially with, when they're using aloe vera gel, that with burns, you have to treat that burn every time it hurts. Yeah, which is just like constantly. <laughs> it won't. If you keep treating it, it won't be constantly. At first, yes, it will be every two or three minutes and then every five or ten minutes. And you'll see. And you'll actually be able to see your body responding to it because you're responding to your body by relieving that pain every time. Because that particular pain, I say, is the screams of cells burning to death. Yeah, it's like really distracting how much it hurts. Like, Yeah, when... It, because it's like radiation, right, which hurts more afterward. Yeah. So get that hypericum, put it on your lips, and keep it with you. Um, several clever women that I know um, have found little rollerball bottles. Right. Like little deodorant bottles, right, with rollerballs uh-huh. that you can use to put on your lips, which is really great for hypericum oil because then you don't have to put any beeswax with it. Right. And cool. in and situations think... like this, it's really better not to use anything with beeswax. Okay. The beeswax can actually kind of tear up your skin a little. Yeah. Yeah. Right on. Do you think for the season, like if I feel like I'm, my lips are kind of susceptible to dryness and getting burnt, yeah, I should just keep, yeah, keep putting that on? Oil. Yeah, you will never, You will never say, oh, gee, I'm sorry, I put hypericum oil on my lips. Right. Right? <laughs> so every time you remember to use it is going to be a blessing. All right. Well, that is good right. advice. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go for it. Great. Thanks for calling. Green blessings. Good night. <laughs> Green blessings. Thanks. Bye. All right. At this time, we do not have any callers that have pressed one. Uh, so I'd like to remind everyone listening, if you have a question, please press one so that you can speak live on the line with Susan. Um, we do have an email question. Meanwhile, let's just take one moment. To exist where nothing is wrong. For this moment, for these moments, nothing is wrong in the world. We are in this place where, wow, it's all working out perfectly. And there aren't any problems. We know that this moment, like all moments, will change. But let's savor this one. I was thinking today about how LSD taught me to be happy because it showed me so clearly how I engineered my own unhappiness. Mm. It was just, you know, such a strong teacher that if I did something and then 
took LSD, the LSD would just really, really show me where that thing was living in my body. And that, that really and truly, that the place that I inhabited was inside my own skull. And that I could decorate it however I wanted to. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, and I, so and I thought, no, you know, Susan, you, you were probably a pretty miserable child. I remember running away from home over and over again until I finally did run away at 16 and go to college. So I must have, you know, been quite unhappy as, uh, you know, as a youngster. I kind of remember that, and I even remember as a young adult being pretty unhappy all the time. I was severely disappointed in people. And and what really changed that for me was LSD. That really showed me that whatever I was seeing was what I was choosing to see. Mm. Wow. Wasn't some external thing that was causing me to do this or do that or feel this or feel that. It was over and over again what I had put in. And it's, it's um, you know, part of why I have chosen so carefully what I put into myself. Mm. Because I see the repercussions of it and how uh, far those go. Wow. Very powerful. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah, and we can all go outside and steep ourselves in the beauty of spring. Hooray. No matter where we are, except, of course, in the southern hemisphere, which will, of course, be appreciating the beauty of fall. Yeah. Yes. And well, do we do we have anybody who's raised their hand or anybody who's written in with a question? Uh, we do have someone who has raised their hand. Uh, we have a caller from the eight one six area code. Uh, from the eight one six, you're live on the air with Susan. Hello, Susan. Thank you Hi. for all your. Hi. So this is a completely different question. I okay. made an academic feature in 2019, and I made it with the 100 proof vodka and the, you know, the echinacea. And I somehow, I, I think I, 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 I left it all together, and I took some out. And I don't know, but I absentmindedly must have put it in the refrigerator because I found it there, took it out, and um, it's separated. It's like white gooey in the bottom and then tincture looking on top. And I thought the white just gooey, it. The white gooey stuff at the bottom is inulin, which okay. is a resistant starch. 
and the cold has caused it to precipitate out. And if you want them to mix together again, you can gently heat them. You know, it's a rolling boil, but you can heat it enough to stir the inulin back in. And inulin is supposed to have a lot of healing effects. So it's good news that your echinacea tincture is loaded with inulin. Would this happen with any tincture or just echinacea? It would happen with any quality root tincture. Inulin as a resistant starch is primarily found in roots. Okay. So I'm going to take this bottle and heat it gently on a low stove, and then I'll just put it back in the jar and it'll be... Shake it up. Just like... Yeah. Yes, and all will, be, all will be well. I mean, you might even only heat it for a tiny bit of time. Uh, Zara, a past apprentice, sent me a burdock root vinegar that she made that was solid inulin. There was no vinegar left in it at all. The whole jar was <laughs> solid white goo. Huh. And she was very satisfied and very happy that she had achieved that. Okay. Well, I've had this sitting here wondering what to do and not being able to get in on the line or not being able to connect with you. So tonight was a great night, and thank you for I'm so glad there was an opening for you tonight. Yeah. Great. Thank you so much. Yeah, you and yeah, you're at Janacea. Good night. Bye-bye. Okay, thank you. Mm, bye-bye. All right. And it looks like we have no one with a question at this time on the phone. We do have an email question, if you would like to um, share that one. Certainly. Okay. Um I have heard you recommend often making herbal tinctures using 100 proof vodka, and not 200 proof grain alcohol. Sometimes I have a hard spot, a hard time finding that, and when I do, it is more expensive than other options. What do you think about using 100 proof rum to prepare herbal tinctures? Thank you. Well, you know... If you really, like, feel okay with rum and it's 100 proof, then you can use rum. I don't feel okay with rum. I know that the slave trade was instigated for sugarcane plantations to make rum. That rum, sugar, and slaves go together. And we know that sugar is really the white menace, and we certainly don't like slavery, so it's just hard for me to separate rum out from white sugar and slaves. But if you can, and you like it, and it works, there certainly should work, since it's 100 proof. I personally like um, vodka. 
Um, if I was living in Central Europe, I would probably use thunderproof shlivowitz, which would probably be made of fruit. Um, but that uh, works well with my uh, further uh, North ancestry from Lithuania and Finland, from Russia and Switzerland. And um, alcohol especially is something that can tie us to the ancestors. So you might want to ask yourself what you're tying yourself to. And again, let me put this in perspective. Right now in my life, and frankly for the past few years, my daily life has included taking a lot of different tinctures. Every morning I take one, two, three, four, five, six, seven dropperfuls of tincture plus another four or five tinctures that I might take half a dropperful of. That's quite a bit of alcohol to tell you the truth. When people ask me if I drink, I say no. The truth of the matter is that, wow. By the time I've taken all those tinctures, I have taken some alcohol. And I ask myself, what alcohol do I want to make myself of? What a good question. I'm so glad it was asked. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for answering. That's interesting, very interesting. Um, so I will remind everyone listening, if you have a question, uh, please press one and you will speak live on the air with Susan. Um, we do have another email question, if you would like to hear that. Certainly. Okay. Uh, I am new to herbs and plants. I have purchased some tinctures and enjoy various herbal teas. I would like to be more in touch with, and I hear some people who say they talk with plants. How is this done? Do you have any suggestions for how I can get started with this? Thank you. Is this a real question? (laughs) The reason that I say it that way. The reason that I say it that way is that I believe that there is actually a course at the Wise Woman School called Talking with Plants. Because I do a workshop on talking with plants, and Justine recorded it last year. So that's that's one simple explanation. I can also give you the primary exercise, and if you will do it and do it imaginatively, then it will lead you as far as you need to go, and that is... Choose a plant, any one plant, and sit with it every day, every day, for 10 minutes, and breathe with it. Exchange gases with it. Really envision the oxygen, the oxygen atoms that that plant is exhaling your way, and the carbon dioxide that you are exhaling towards the plant. Really envision, let yourself experience and feel that exchange between you and the plants and that 
starts the process. Because you as a human being have acknowledged your tie to the plants, your need for the plants. Then they are more willing to make the effort to get through. Plants, according to most of my teachers, exist in a different kind of time than the time that we're familiar with. They exist in what I call a slower time. And think about how many ages it was that people lived with plants without any kind of instant communication. That a letter might take two or three months to get from one person to another. And that the vast majority of humanity lived with plants, and so we were all on plant time, and now we're on machine time. And I'm not saying one is preferable to the other, but your question is, how do I talk with plants? And the answer is you can't talk with plants if you're on machine time. You have to be on plant time, sitting and breathing with one green ally, 10 minutes a day, really experiencing that exchange will get you on the road to hearing what the plants have to say. All right. Um, and we're time, almost at the time when Pam Cray is going to be with us. Yes, we are almost to time for our guest. I do not see her yet. Um, she is not quite called in yet. Um, she has a so. very long introduction. So perhaps mm-hmm. I should go ahead and get started with the introduction. What do you think about that? Sounds good to me. All right. Pam Cray is a film, video, multimedia artist, writer, and editor. She's also a video tech and a projectionist. Working in many aspects of projects and exhibitions, Pam is not always easily categorized. Pam Cray has exhibited in the United States and internationally through numerous solo screenings and in festival participation. She's collaborated artistically with filmmakers, audio composers, painters, sculptors, dancers, and theatrical producers. Her works include short and feature narrative, experimental, and documentary films and videos. Her video documentary, The Mushroom Seekers, premiered at Anthology Film Archives in New York and again at Telluride Mushroom Festival and has screened repeatedly in the U.S. and Europe. Ah, that's what I mean. Working in themes as diverse as gambling and wild mushroom making, she has brought her observations of humans and their occupations together with her interest in plants as investigations of life, particularly in America. Pam Cray hopes that her work in American studies strikes more universal points of understanding. Since moving to the Hudson Valley Catskills area of New York, 
Pam Cray has returned to creating experimental narrative work in fiction and nonfiction mix, including Six Degrees of High Plains Drifter in 2011 and a work in process waiting for Godard uh, from a 2011 through 2016, she volunteered with the Art Tree Theater Workshop at the Eastern Correctional Facility Men's Maximum Security Prison, creating videos and audio pieces as parts of the live plays that were produced and acting in plays there as well. Pam Cray has been has published reviews of artworks and books in the Book Arts Newsletter and in the journal Afterimage. As a curator of films, Pam was a founding member and curator of the film video exhibition group I, that's capital letter I, M, I, that's E-Y-E-I-I-M-I, in Washington, D.C. from 1982 to 1991. She organized group and individual shows shows through the 1990s in San Francisco and New York. She's a bi-coastal. Pam Cray is the 2020 and 2021 program director of two grants for the Rosendale Theater Science on Screen awarded by the Coolidge Corner Theater Foundation with major funding from the Alfred P. Sloan Foundation and the Film Watch Grant awarded by the Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences. If all of this has made you want to see Pam's film video work, go to pamcray.com, P-A-M-K-R-A-Y.com. Welcome to the show, Pam. Hi, Susan. How are you? I am fine. How nice to uh, be with you again. I know. It's great. It's been so long. It's been so long. And, you know, in these COVID days, we're all kind of turning things over, things that we haven't looked at in a while. And the Mushroom Seekers just kind of turned over and came back up into my life. That's great. Um, And I turned around and said, I will look at that and hear it. I get to talk to Pam. Wow. Uh, So... Where did you grow up? Did you grow up in the United States or did you grow up in Europe? No, no. I grew up in in the U.S. in Boston. Boston? Boston, You lost that accent. I did. (laughs) (laughs) Did you get get interested in films when you were in Boston? No, I was always an avid film, you know, movie goer as a kid and growing up, but I really liked writing. And um, I went to school and got out of school and moved to Washington, D.C., which was a lot warmer than um, Boston and uh, um, didn't know how long I'd stay there. But I fell in with um, artists and, in particular, uh, some Super 8 filmmakers, and I thought it it was my new writing implement. Uh-huh. In the <laughs> wow. So you saw that film and video and multimedia could tell a story. Absolutely. It seemed even more um, part of me uh, as, 
you know, a 20th century kid. <laughs> well, as we know, writing is a very solitary occupation, whereas filmmaking and videography is a group occupation. Absolutely. You know, we have to laugh now when we look at movies made 50 years ago, and it's like six people made them, right? <laughs> you look at the screen credits, you know it's not true. I know, I know. And Are you really the introvert who wants to spend her life sitting indoors writing? Or are you really the extrovert who wants to get out there and, and direct people? <laughs> I, yeah, I guess. All, all of well, all of the above because I still like to sit indoors and write. But, um, but yeah, I couldn't, um, I couldn't make a. I, I really did want to be out with other people. I still do. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's something very exciting about that kind of work, and especially about the, the interaction with the audience when you do the multimedia work, which you, where you actually get to see feedback. Exactly, that's really different than writing and it's like the difference between um sending um a mail through the post office and sending an email that immediate <laughs> that immediate <kind> yeah <laughs> feedback so you and i met around mushrooms and mushrooms were my first love the the one of the first years that I spent in the Catskills, I spent literally crawling around the woods. And it was a very, very wet year. There was a thunderstorm every day. And the woods were just so full of mushrooms. You couldn't turn around without there being mushrooms there. <laughs> and I spent that entire, entire season right, going out every morning with packed lunch, myself and Justine, and my watercolors and, and making uh, you know watercolors of them. And just steeping myself in the mushroom lore of the forest, but I didn't feel comfortable teaching about mushrooms um, because they are easily mistaken. Yeah, and um, and the book—it's uh, odd, well, interesting anyway. How much? Some early books that would have been available are pamphlets or monographs might have had information that's proven to be a little bit different, either because some the mushrooms were really identified from European sources and have maybe different species here, or that people hadn't really checked on some of them enough to know that they weren't really edible or might be slightly poisonous or not as edible as they thought. I like to talk about the brilliance of your editing in The Mushroom Seekers. I say that you show me uh, talking about uh, different um, uh, kinds of mushroom that are related. And I say, you know, most most of these are, are going to be safe to eat, but there's a few that are mildly sickening. So the thing to do is they keep them separate and to eat, you know, only one kind at a time. And then you cut to this woman in what's the Czech Republic saying, yeah. oh, and these kinds of mushrooms, some can make you sick, so throw them all in the pot together so you'll <laughs> never know what did it. I can't <laughs> Right, two ways to deal with the same problem. <laughs> <laughs> so what made you get interested in mushrooms? 
Um, so I had funny uh, that you went from mushrooms to herbs because I went from herbs and plants to mushrooms. I was always interested in plants and, and especially herbs and medicine, herbal medicine. And then I was in Europe with my son uh, with movies, um, taking them around, and we were doing some touring and showing some Super 8 movies in the fall of 1993. And I was like a child <laughs> watching people with their baskets of mushrooms on like the subways in Prague or just everywhere talking about mushrooms always um, you know, not available because today was a good day to go mushroom picking. So they were in the woods and I was, <laughs> it was, yes, I was, Sorry, like I can't come to work. Lots of mushrooms. Today. <laughs> uh. So I, I decided that, hmm, this is something that is so um, new to me in this, in this enthusiasm and respect. I have to know more. And I want to know why I don't know about this. And it, so, so my eventual investigation, I think, fit into what I call, um, and what you, you said in the intro about me, about um, kind of my investigations into American studies and what makes up, or at least what made up my life as, you know, a, a descended from Europeans, but with very little understanding of what they did there and my own relationship to my environment and the surroundings was so limited. And the mushrooms opened that door to you? They did. What did you find as you opened that door? Um, so I found a change for the rest of my life. I've been avidly um, involved with um, mushroom in my own investigations in the woods, both for edible and just uh, mushroom knowledge, which was in, in something you said in the movie, too, that I kept in the movie, was that um, people come to the Catskills interested in mushrooms and not just to eat them, but just to ponder what are these things. And I became one of those people. <laughs> I edited the newsletter for the New York Mycological Society for several years. I'm still in that group. I'm in the Mid-Hudson um, Mycological Association. And, um, you know, I'm out every year picking mushrooms. I go to lectures when I can, and I'm ready to keep learning. It is a fascinating thing to learn about. The realm of mushrooms is vaster in many ways than the realm of plants. Vaster and sort of precedes and is so in, interwoven in the life of everything. It's really, like you said, fascinating. Just I can't get enough. And it's very popular these days, so... There is plenty yes. out there. <laughs> <laughs> so um, do you go picking mushrooms with the prisoners? Uh, no. Um, that was uh, that was really – you. I'm sorry. I just want to make sure you said with the prisoners, right? I did say with the prisoners, yes. You know. Oh, okay. I, I, uh, I no. had a summer job once where I took uh, juvenile delinquents on weed walks. <laughs> 
Oh, that that would be really interesting. No, the um the um period of time at at the correctional uh, facility was really limited to the theater workshop, but it was very um, moving the work that the men did on themselves and through theater. It was quite good. What made uh, you uh, decide what decide to do that? Um, so <laughs> that was uh, when I moved up here to the Hudson Valley, I was at a community pizza oven party and um, <laughs> met with meeting people and the director of the theater workshop said, oh, you are working in film and video, maybe you would like to work with the theater workshop I have in the prison because we could use you. And I said, okay. Ah, woman after my own heart. <laughs> and say yes. <laughs> Worry about it later. <laughs> it, it, was a, it was a very interesting period of time. It was only eventually subject to, let's say, forces beyond our workshop in that a new superintendent came in and kind of put the kibosh on it for a while. But I believe oh. that, yeah, um, so we uh. were asked to leave. And then we were invited back later, but every the, everyone that was involved with the workshop was a little bit harder to pin down for time. So right. It, hmm. I believe. So it, I believe it, that the, did not have the happiest of endings. No, it didn't. But I think that it, there's a coda in that I believe that rehabilitation through the arts, which does run some theater workshops at Sing Sing and some other uh, facilities, has gone in there now. And Wonderful. so I believe, Wonderful. yeah, it's a, it's a happy ending. With yeah. more, probably more resources. But we were very grassroots. Mm. It's such an important place to offer the kind of healing that only can be offered through that kind of somatic work. Absolutely. Completely. And um, to know that um, for the men and women inside such places to know that they're not forgotten because there's, there's a lot of forgetting in society when it comes to prisons. What are you doing right now that's fascinating you? Um, so really I think the work with the Rosendale Theater is pretty much an, another aspect of the community that again, the theater, but I'm really um, in many aspects of the film programming and and we've been closed for a year, but still managed to uh, keep science on screen programs going online and the Film Watch grant program we did. Um, I, I was able to put together I, I was, a really ambitious was... program. Well, I was just thrilled to see that somehow you, the Rosendale Theater had managed to survive COVID and what I assumed had to be closures, yeah. Yeah, and we're working on uh, the building as we go, trying to 
get it ready for a reopening and we're do, we're making like little small reopenings along the way with fewer than capacity people for short periods of time. Uh, we did a program in March with the, uh, the through the FilmWatch grant, which was Women in Experiment, the works of Carolee Schneeman and Barbara Hammer, and had some online oh, panels. I love yeah, some yeah. online movies, and then we had short program movies in the theater on Sunday, March 14th. Small groups of people could come in. This was really nice, nice event. All right. Good to know. Good to know. So a lot of, again, a lot of community work. Yeah. Community at the theater and here in community in Ulster County. What drew you to Ulster County, to the Hudson River Valley? Susan, it was the mushrooms. (laughs) The mustard? No, the mushrooms. Oh, the (laughs) mushrooms. Oh, you are, shh, don't tell. This is a wonderful mushrooming area. (laughs) I know. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Well, you were saying that there's an increased interest now in mushrooms. Um, Has that affected what you do with them, or has has it made your movie more popular? How has that impacted you, that increased interest in mushrooms? I think it has um, increased visibility for the movie and made it, uh, people want to see it and get the DVD. Um, It's um, definitely made a lot of people get in touch with me and ask me questions about mushrooms all the time. I think sort of like what I did with you. <laughs> um. <laughs> Take me on a mushroom walk. <laughs> Show me what you and, know. Yeah, that was it was really so generous of you and really great. It 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 was wonderful. And it it is you know, you just I guess pass these things on as one does, um, although mushroom people were we tend to be a little bit oddball, like some people you talk to and they share, and some people you talk to and they will tell you they don't know where to look for things. <laughs> well, you know, you you have things that happen that really just kind of stun you. Yeah. You know, up until, well, say, five years ago, if you had said to me, what does Chanka look like? I could have walked you out in my woods and shown you a few examples of Chanka. But because Chanka has gotten so popular, people have stolen it all out of my woods. Uh, As a matter of fact, I haven't uh, seen any Chanka growing wild in years now. Yeah. And I know that all the sources now that are available um, are, you know, grown and one of the biggest suppliers, um, you know, grows chaga in China. Wow. Because it's incredibly slow growing. Well, that's what I would think. It's a very um, thick kind of woody, hard mushroom. It doesn't. It couldn't. Doesn't seem like it could possibly grow quickly. But and I and. And it can take the mycelium up to 100 years to decide to fruit. Wow. But it's so 
strange to me because I don't think of birch trees as being such long-lived trees. No, we don't think of them as living a long time. But they do. Well, the mysteries of mushrooms and trees. Um, right. And the birches I'm, live a long time in the same way the mushrooms do because they, what appears to us to be a grove of birches is actually just one. Aha. Uh-huh. Right, of course. All related. Right. And in Not fact, just related, but the same organism. Yeah. yeah right. Yeah. So, well, I could... lots more interest in mushrooms. And you're getting that. Are people asking you to lead mushroom walks to to specifically teach them or more kind of a personal friendship kind of thing? I get a little bit of both. I haven't really led many walks and most mostly uh um it's just with individuals that want to go out with me but i have a couple of walks this summer <clears throat> mm. rough, roughly scheduled do you find that your interests vary if you're if you have more access being out like in the country, then you've lived in cities, right? I did. I lived in Boston, say Boston, Washington D.C., San Francisco, and New York City. And I would say, oddly, when I moved already to New York City, I was. <clears throat> I would say in every place I had a an interest to get out of the city and not. <laughs> Not always spend all my time in the city, but to be in woods or in in more natural, quieter spaces. But I did, oh, and still do like the stimulation of the city and and um, you know cultural and buzzy, lively things that that you can just walk around and don't need a car and stuff. Um, but but I had a few threads that really carried through. Um, when I was younger, there was the interplay of in investigating myself and my body as a, a female, as a woman, like growing from through the different stages. And that kind of goes through. There's a bit of a thread of that in my movies because I'm, I often use the first person or mix fiction and and nonfiction together to to tell a story. And then there there's setting. So if I'm in the city you'll see the city. But if but in the other spaces I I like to in, investigate or uh, employ space and I definitely think that trees are always in everything I do. <laughs> ah, yay, the trees. <laughs> City trees and country trees. Um, yeah, funny. Well, I prefer the country trees, but the city trees, they, you know, they're troopers. 
They are, yes. They've, they've paid their dues, shall we say, <laughs> to get where they are. I, I noticed that you're interested in body politics. Do you want to talk about that? Um, sure. Um, I I think that um, possibly not not a, I mean, I try to somehow in how I present things. There's always an element of humor, so I don't know that people are as um. Uh, hit right up front with the politics, but I do think that some uh, that that the politics of the body is the first. It's the first politics we mostly know in life. We we can. I mean, I've been doing a lot of work in communities, and I'm feeling very dedicated. But I am applaud when when people. Um, kind of stand up for themselves because of themselves, just because this is what you're saying to me does not make sense for my body, whether it's politics itself or, you know, um, health. Um, and, you know, there's a lot of controversy now because of the vaccine and COVID. And I'm, I'm not against people questioning it. Because it's good to not, um, what's the word, um, just, it, it's good to question, like, how you feel about different pharmaceuticals, can I say? But, but I am actually more kind of thrilled that, there's a lot more explanation about the vaccines now than I can remember in the past. So I kind of think it's kind of interesting, interesting um, time we're living in for medicine and politics. I mean, it's crazy, but it's interesting. <laughs> I watched um, Saving Polly Mountain by... Uh... Annie Sprinkle and her wife Beth today, and Beth uh, went back to her home in West Virginia, and we see in the movie her visiting various places. She says, oh, and she's with her mom, and she says, oh, here's the swimming pool. She says, I hate the swimming pool. The swimming pool is the first place that I felt fat. Oh. And that's yeah. the kind of thing that I think about with body, body politics, like, wow. Right. Here's this little girl who yeah. somehow is made to feel uncomfortable. What is the what is the politic of the body that that gets us there? And, yeah. and what does what does that mean to have a politic of the body? Right? What do politicians do that that that, that has to do with the with the body? Can you explain that a little bit to us? What body politics is? Okay, um, so so this one's I'm not going to be as articulate about, even though it's all coming into my head all at once. But yes, the pers- the external and internal perceptions, and that part where, especially, well, I think all kids 
have to go they go through it and watching the um the different generations um more free and less free from body body politics according to i don't know um media and um perceptions that are pushed across I, I don't the the weight thing I finally think that um after spending a whole a whole life pondering why I wouldn't be happy with with how I am when I'm really doing quite a good job of it you know like I'm keeping myself healthy or I get good exercise, I eat pretty good diet, and then why would I not just feel good about myself? And that one got me to to think about all the generations, especially of women, but I see it in guys too. They're relatively um, unhappy with their looks. And it feels like there's a um, – that actually – is an economy of 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 making people unhappy with themselves because they buy more products and things and never satisfied. Except that if we look back, we can see that it extends very far back into very what we might consider primitive people. Yeah. Where there wasn't a financial, you know, incentive to flatten your baby's head. Aha. Uh-huh. Or break your women's feet. Right. I hadn't thought about that, but, yeah, but then these... Certainly the current these, speed of it is very, you know, buy this dye, buy this face cream, you know. As Helena Rubinstein said, someone asked her, what was the, the most important ingredient in her beauty creations, and she looked at them and said, hope. (laughs) (laughs) I I like to think women. You know, Pam Cray, I could talk to you all night. Everybody go to Pam Cray, P-A-M-C-R-A-Y dot com. But Eeks is a blog talk show. They're going to cut us off. In a minute, Um, you have... 40 seconds to put a last thought into people's hearts and minds. Go for it. All right. Um, uh, I think that expression is um, key. The more you express outward and the more you sing, the more you talk and walk and experience every minute of every day is, is probably your best foundation for everything. And keep exploring. Oh. Wow, brilliant. Pam Cray, you are doing such a splendid job of helping to reweave the healing cloak of the ancients, the ancients in the forms of the trees, the ancients in the forms of the mushrooms, and the ancients in the forms of really honoring your ancestors and the ancestor spirits. Thank you, and thanks for being on the show tonight. And thank you, Sarah Elwood, and green blessings, everybody. Remember, herbal medicine is the medicine of the people. Open your door, get out there, and... Make some medicine, eat some buds this week. Green blessing. <laughs> bye bye. Thank you. Green blessing.